Hi, my name is Juju, and welcome to the Go Deep, where we're going to do just that. Go deep inside your brain. Go deep, go deep, go deep inside your brain. This is a self-exploration podcast. I'll be here speaking with professionals who specialize in different methods of discovering your sense of self, whether that's physical, psychological, or spiritual. A lot of this is going to be lesser known and unconventional because I'm lesser known and unconventional, and probably so are you. So happy to have you on this journey. Get ready to go deep. Surprise, it's Juju, and I'll be here with my dear friend, Anna Apps. Anna and I have an amazing conversation. I'm so excited to share it with you. It's really all about self-love, and I think self-love is such a concept, which makes it a bit abstract, but it's also something that people throw around and that feels and seems really obvious. But how do you actually do it? What does it truly mean? That's what Anna and I speak about during this conversation on self-love, what is it, and how to achieve it. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Juju Bear. <laughs> so everyone, and welcome everyone, everyone listening at home may recognize Anna from the Very Vedic podcast. So famous. <laughs> everyone so- also may recognize me from the Bondi Beach Promenade. <laughs> Walking. <laughs> Uh, she's a regular in Byron and Bondi. So if you see her, feel free to say hi. Take mm. a photo with her. Dock me on Instagram. <laughs> Take a photo of her from afar. <laughs> Send it to the police. <laughs> Send it to the papers. And <laughs> anyway, nobody have- actually knows me, by the way. Everyone knows you. Oh my God. I would know you because I'm a huge fan of the Very Vedic podcast. We know. True, true. I'm obsessed. Everyone, shout out to the Very Vedic podcast. Everyone go listen to it. (laughs) Oh, today's topic is self love. Mm. Yeah. So, Juj and I um, have basically message each other most days with silly little messages that go on for way too long our back and forths we get very stuck in um how do you explain it (laughs) stupid shit (laughs) 
we like constantly one-up each other over make-believe situations yeah but every now and then we say some really interesting insightful things mm-hmm. and we were talking the other day self-love came up and I think that I said to you like something like I'm just actually though you said you said that something about that you're learning self-love this year mm-hmm. truly and that resonated with me as well I was like I feel like I'm learning some self-love yeah and I think we were kind of saying that you know self-love is such a concept mm-hmm. it has been such a concept and it's just such as like this thing that people chuck around oh you need to love yourself just give yourself some love self-love and it's like what does that actually mean mm-hmm. and I think yeah. both of us are starting to know what that actually means how to do it not just have it be a concept but how to embody the practice of self-love yeah and I think in culture like as we were saying there's you're constantly told to love yourself right um, in society in general, people are saying, oh, yeah, show yourself love, self-care is a big one. Um, and and always saying just to love yourself before you can love other people, for example, there's the saying on that. And it's like, well, what does self-love really mean deep down? What does that physically mean for someone to love themselves? And what mm. does it mean when your full body, mind, spirit, and emotions feel love from yourself Mm. what do you feel like it means (laughs) I personally think that it means full radical self-acceptance and love no matter what you do even if you have those parts of you like for example I have parts of me that I would be like why am I like this I would regret things like self-sabotaging parts that would just come up and I'd be like, oh, I hate that part. But now I've really learned to show love to those parts, like show Mm. love to all those parts. Anything that you do, everything that we do is really just our nervous system balancing out anyway. Mm. I love that. And I love that it's like showing love to all those parts of self. It's, It's not trying to make all those parts perfect or good enough to be loved it's like no exactly how you are you are okay you're valid I love you I see you I'm here no matter what and that I feel like is a huge paradigm shift mm-hmm. um I think it's easy when you're on like a kind of spiritual or conscious journey to always try and be improving Mm-hmm. and that's great but sometimes I think it can get to a point where it's like what you're saying to yourself over and over again but I need to improve this thing and that thing and this thing and like clean all the cobwebs from my closet you're also simultaneously saying you're not good enough <laughs> you're not enough you need to be changed you need to be fixed you need to be something else somebody else and actually like self-love is going not exactly how you are in all of your beauty and all your fucked up mm-hmm. is okay and good yeah I agree entirely and that's really what I've realized through kind of this journey of self-development I'd say like in the very beginning, it's all about improvement. It's all about, I want to develop myself to be better 
And then you are showing yourself subconsciously and consciously that current state of the nation is not in your body is not good enough Mm. because you need to improve it. But actually, once you get kind of further along in the journey, you realize that exactly where you are and all of your parts, all of everything is welcome and Mm. accepted. And then once you get there, then actually, once you accept yourself entirely, no matter what you do, then you improve drastically. Yeah, dramatically and drastically. Dramatically. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I think that that then what happens is changes naturally happen it's like I think that there's all these parts of us often that just need to be seen just need to be seen like we just need to put the light of our own awareness which to me is also our love onto these parts accept them as they are like you'd want to accept a child as they are exactly as they are and then naturally those things do change because sometimes I think those things are really loud because they're begging for our attention, Mm -hmm. you know, like we might feel really agitated um, and it might play out in our lives in a way that might make us kind of self-destructive or like do these patterns that maybe aren't very good in in, in inverted commas. Um, But it's like for me sometimes I think they're just this thing is screaming for our attention this agitation, for example. And then when you go there and look at it, it's like, oh, you heard me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of like can quiet down a little bit and naturally changes mm-hmm. without yeah. us trying to improve it or change it. Yeah. Everyone has a self-sabotager, I think. Yes. And the self-sabotager, the more that you ignore the self-sabotager, or even try to change the self-sabotager mm-hmm. or stifle that part it's it's just going to rear its ugly head Mm. Mm. and actually once you start to be like okay the self-sabotager is here because of this this and this and I feel deep down or or actually I think it's more about getting curiosity around the self-sabotager like get really really curious and and kind of show love for the self-sabotager and like, if you get curious into a level of understanding and love, then the self-sabotager is like, okay, you heard my piece. Yeah. Yes. I totally get that. Like, sometimes I feel like, you know, something in me is so loud, say like the self-sabotager or in a critic. And then like, I, I like, it's like, I turn around and look at it and I'm like, what? Like, what do you want to say? Like what, babe? And it's just like, nothing and I'm like no 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 (laughs) you've been screaming at me like what and it's like "Mm, I'm shy I don't really want to talk right now (laughs) it's like and actually things are fine I'm like um you've been screaming but but like as soon as I put the attention there it just like quietens down straight away sometimes yeah and what do you think about the saying you have to love yourself before you love others that's such a good question I think that um, there is sometimes a truth in that and sometimes I feel like there's not. Um, Yeah, I get that, like, um, 
when you feel a deep sense of self-love, I do feel like you can deeply love other people. But I also feel like if you've even had moments of feeling deep love, then you can love other people deeply even though you're not loving yourself all the time like that because you've experienced moments of it so you do know what that feels like Mm -hmm. whether you've given yourself that in moments or your mother or somebody in your life and sometimes I don't know sometimes I do feel like I might be struggling to love myself one week but then like I'll be able to really love a friend in there, whatever they're going through. And by doing that, then it's like a, it's like a reflection. And then I, I'm like, oh, I can give that to myself now. Mm. What yeah. do you think? I think, of course, you can love someone and not love yourself. Like that's physically possible mm-hmm. because you can entirely adore something outside of yourself for sure. Mm. You have felt love from others, so you can do it. I think it makes things really, really hard, like with love in general. I think that it's if all of your love lies in another person, then you could, if you don't have that self-love for you, put your value in how they value you. Mm. Or you could all of your happiness relies on their happiness then Hmm. your whole world could revolve around them Hmm. and if your whole world revolves around something outside of you and say something happens with that relationship then you'll just be completely in shambles Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and then maybe it's not love. Maybe it's more like an attachment kind of thing or loving that person because it fills something inside of self. Yeah, could be both. Yeah. But it is then placing just love away. It's like pushing the love out instead of putting it inside. Mm. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And you used before this term radical Radical self-acceptance, I think. That word for me put next to words, radical put next to words like love or self-acceptance or validation always ignites something in me Mm. to radically Mm self-love or radically love another. It's like so black and white. (laughs) It's like there's no room for not that. Yeah. Yeah. It's unconditional. Unconditional, yeah. And just more like showing love to self is more than just saying, I love myself. Like that's really not going to do it. And you Mm. can say out loud a lie as much as you want. And that doesn't change how you feel about yourself. Yeah. 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 I always think like we can, we can tell a child that we love them. But unless we're feeding them, unless we're hugging them, holding them, tending to their needs, they're going to be very confused. There's such a discrepancy between what's being said and what's being felt by the child. And I think we have our own inner child and that that same process plays out within us where it's like you can go, I love you, I love you. But if you're 
doing something that's not very loving or you're not like actually hugging yourself in the in the darkest nights it's going to create this kind of discrepancy between what you like what you're saying and what's actually happening and I think that that's very difficult for for our inner child to accept that it's actually loved I think allowing your emotions to be there or allowing sadness to be there I think a lot of people and myself included whenever sadness would kind of show up I'd be like no no everything's fine just Mm. so that I didn't feel the sadness or Mm. the anger it was like kind of ignore that so that I can feel good because we like feeling good we like Mm. like feel happy right but then when you're ignoring yourself or ignoring the sadness it's it's showing that you don't love yourself in sadness yeah which is then an underlying feeling that you have always because not only are you sad about whatever it is or upset over whatever, but also then you're being ignored by yourself. Yeah. I think that that's a really important thing to bring up these kind of more complicated or challenging emotions. Sometimes it's easy to push them under the rug. I'd love to like go into that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like what, yeah do you want to talk more about your journey with say sadness and and seeing that and loving that oh I mean I realized recently that I've just been ignoring a lot of emotions for a lot of my life because Mm -hmm. I love to be positive I'm a naturally positive person and (laughs) At one point, it's like you feel like, okay, you you enjoy being positive because it makes you feel good. And it is a good thing. But then when sadness comes up or or anger comes up and then you try to show gratitude in your life, but you're upset over something, it's kind of like a false sense of gratitude and positivity. Yeah. And then when you're feeling that false sense, it's like, you know, you don't have to be grateful all the time. Yes, be grateful for everything that you have. And that's great. But you don't have to show gratitude all the time. You can say that something is fucked up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it's bypassing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if something bad happens, you don't have to then be like, oh, I'm so grateful to be alive. No. <laughs> you know what? While we're on that, that gratitude thing, like... Uh, that actually when I really think about it that I'll oh, think about things you're grateful for hasn't really worked for me <laughs> really like yeah it hasn't really like I naturally do feel grateful often especially when I have a coffee and get a little bit high yeah. <laughs> from, or like you know the situation's just right but if I like think of 10 things I'm grateful for I'm like and but there's something else going on in the background it's just like you know they said that term it's like you can't glitter a turd <laughs> like a turd's a turd you can't put glitter on it with a bit of love I mean, <laughs> just acknowledge I, the turd yeah yeah <laughs> it still looks and smells like a turd could be a glitter yeah color. with glitter on it <laughs> yeah so so in those moments when yeah those deeper more challenging things come up not bypassing that not ignoring it Mm -hmm. and then if you do forgiving (laughs) 
because <laughs> sometimes I definitely do ignore those things. Like, but I'm getting better at it now where I'm like, I know when I'm distracting. And sometimes I give myself a little pass to distract. You know, I'm like, oh, this is huge. This thing is way too big to handle right now. Like there's so much going on. And I actually, I just want to eat chocolate and like watch a movie with a friend and ignore this. But it's like, I know I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I know I'm distracting with an intention to come back later. Mm-hmm. It comes down to hyper self-awareness, I think. When you are so hyper self-aware of everything that comes up throughout the day and are tracking kind of how you're feeling throughout life, then obviously, I mean, sometimes I'm like, yo, I want to go out and get fucked up and drink and stay out all night. And I don't care (laughs) what my self-sabotaging blackout juju part wants to do. She's running loose all over this bitch. (laughs) <laughs> I think this is something we both have in common because we're both like quite spiritually you know aware and conscious people but we also like to drop it like it's hot on the deep floor when the moment calls for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like if I'm not drooling from the mouth by the end of the night I don't want it <laughs> <laughs> I regret it <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> so you've done this course this year, Juge, and you've been talking to me a little bit about it and you just, I feel like you brought something up that I, I think that you learned from the course where it's yeah. like you know what's going on all the time during yeah. the day. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So that's because I want to learn more about it. I'm obsessed with this course. It changed my fucking life. It's called The Art of Noticing. So shout out to Michelle from the art of noticing she's the best and basically what it is is a combination I'm gonna have her on the podcast at some point it's a combination of psychology and neuroscience nervous system tracking so you overlay kind of all of the parts of you basically on top of where you currently stand in your nervous system at any given moment because our nervous system is how we perceive the world, right? And we can easily go into fight or flight mode, for example, because of some stimulus. And maybe it's work, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's friendship or whatever it is, social situation. And then we'll go into fight or flight mode, but actually we're not in danger, but our nervous system is perceiving us to be in danger. Mm. So one, and that's really why we have different parts. That's why we have all these parts is to get us back into safety. Mm. So once we understand where our nervous system is throughout the day, what parts show up alongside our nervous system and understanding where we stand in safety and then where are the edges actually now that the edges like they get wider because then you're the level of safety that you perceive you feel it in more situations because you're recognizing that you're going into fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. since you recognize it you're like oh okay I'm recognizing this 
but I can still think clearly because sometimes when you're in fight or flight mode, you can't think clearly because it's. Oh, yeah, that smoky, weird haze. Yeah, Yeah. it's a response mechanism. You're not supposed Mm. to think clearly because you're supposed to get Mm. out of danger. Mm. So then once you are able to recognize when you're on the edge about to go into fight or flight mode and but your brain is still online and you can say, okay, I can think clearly still then you can have more control at that edge. Mm. And the control is just like by becoming attentive to it? Yep. And Mm. the thing is, I say control because that's how I can articulate it, but it's also even not even about controlling it. It's about allowing it. Mm. And then when you allow it, you are noticing it. So it's you're constantly noticing what's coming up, what's coming up. And then how does it feel now? And then by continuing to notice, you see all of your parts show up and it's crazy. At the end of it, you're like, like at the end of it, I was like, holy shit, I fucking love myself and all of my parts because they're all keeping me safe at any given moment. Yes. That's a beautiful thing to realize. And that's, I've realized that as well, like going into all these parts and and if people don't know it, like we mean when we say parts, like there's a whole um, like part of psychology which is based around parts work and it's and it's this understanding that we have all of these different parts within our psyche. Um, you know, one might be the inner child, might be this angry part, this upset part, this these parts that want different things. Like we can have so many different parts within our psyche and it's it's kind of beautiful to realize that we have an ecosystem with inside inside of us like a community and the more we do parts work the more it becomes like a community and these are like I see it as like you're showing these different parts each other they're all start seeing each other and your conscious awareness starts seeing them and they all start become in that becoming seen it's like they can become this kind of like team <laughs> like they can get a little bit more on the same page uh, there, there's so much in it but if you want to research it look to think like look to parts work um and you know you can ask each part questions like what do you need right now? What's going on for you? What do you want? Is there something that I can give you? How old are you? How long have you been here for? Do you have a message for me? What What are you trying to tell me right now? What do you, like, what do you want right now? And then we can start kind of just meeting these parts and, and becoming so familiar with them. And something that I find is so beautiful is the more that we do this parts work, the more, as Druj was just saying, it's like you realise that they're all working for you, mm. that they're all trying to keep you safe. They're all like, they're all like your employee, employee employees. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they're like, you know, this part might be like, I'm going to like eat heaps of chocolate right now. You're going to eat heaps of chocolate and drink lots of wine. That's what you should do right now. And that, and, 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 this is why I don't really necessarily even believe in the self-sabotage because that part that you might name the self-sabotage might just be tra- like if you talk to it, why do you want me to do this? Why do you want me to go and hook up with that guy you know is not good for me? Like why, why do you want that? Because I want you to feel good. 
I want it, I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel seen. I, I want you to feel loved right now. Oh, all right, babe. Thank you for that. But and then you can start communicate. This is what I do. Like I'll communicate with that when in you know, sometimes I really fucking don't and I just do everything it tells me to do. So I don't want to say like I'm great. Like really, sometimes I'll just eat the chocolate and hook up with the person. But <clears throat> when you start hearing the messages then you can go, oh, babe, so you feel, you know, you can just have this dialogue, you feel unsafe right now, or you want to be seen right now, you want some love right now, okay, you want to feel good right now, I can give you that. There were, there were, there, what other ways do you think we might be able to do this? Mm-hmm. Could we go for like a sunset walk? Would it be nice to reach out to a friend? Do you want a hug? Do you want a bath? Like, what? let's get chocolate but let's try to get the sugar-free one and then you can eat as many blocks as you want kind of thing. So, I, yeah, it's just building these internal relationships. Yeah. And I, um, so my self-sabotager is named Blackout Juju and actually I see what you mean. I've seen Blackout Juju many a time. <laughs> but it kind of like a while ago, like not so much recently. I mean, she's still very there and I... I recently, but she's just been in lockdown. <laughs> she's there, but she just can't leave the house. <laughs> I recently gave her a promotion from Blackout Juju to Queen of Fun. Oh, beautiful. I love that. She's fucking amazing. She's so yeah. much fun. Like, Yeah, she's you know, very fun. She's fucking the best. So I was like, wait, hold on. I acknowledge that she's a part of her is my self-sabotaging part but I'm like hold up a minute blackout juju is so much fun I love this bitch she's great and also there's something in like because you stopped drinking for a period of time Mm -hmm. and I know that you were still having like so much fun you were still going to parties you were still meeting people you were still was that still part of her or do you think that was someone totally different oh she still came out but yeah the there's two really fun ones one's blackout juju and one's the entertainer oh i know entertainer as well (laughs) well. (laughs) so they would both come out even when i wasn't drinking and blackout juju too will come out for like eating like yeah like i want to eat everything on earth yeah yes it's also because like blackout juju wants to experience everything yes yeah experience it all yeah And what you were saying before on the ecosystem, I liken all of my parts to an orchestra and Mm. oh, someone who actually is like a pioneer in the part work. I don't know his name, but he often says like parts make great servants and poor masters. Mm. And Mm. so the, the master or for me in my orchestra, the conductor is myself. And I'm orchestrating all of the parts in this beautiful musical band of sorts, orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) What's that word again? (laughs) This musical band of people coming together with instruments. See, this is what we'll do in our chats. Like, we'll just like, and then we'll do this for 10 minutes. expand on the musical band yeah. orchestra this, this combination of people with instruments at all <laughs> these people who come together who like music and then they stand quite closely with different kinds of instruments oh yeah orchestra 
They've been playing music together repeatedly for a really long time. Sometimes new people come into the group and then there's one person at the very center who tells everyone what to do. Sometimes other people sit and watch and sometimes they even move their bodies a little bit. Um, But anyway... back to the orchestra I realized me as a conductor you know sometimes a random part as a part of the song that we're creating will come out with like a guitar solo and it's like Hmm. like, the conductor was like that wasn't a part of the song but let's let's go with it you know like let's run with it that's okay yeah and then it is a part of the song exactly Mm. and I'm like that's kind of how I see it it's like an ever-changing piece of music that there's like sporadic things here and there that you didn't plan for but they show up and you're like okay we can work with this we can work with this that's a kind of cool guitar solo yeah radical responsibility Mm. what do you think on that you know, I, I I haven't looked too much into it, but as you know, I do like things that start with radical. Um, but, you know, this morning I was actually lying in bed feeling super triggered about something, mm-hmm. a person, and it was like, why doesn't, oh, this person so that, this person so this, this person so that. Um, then I was like, hold on, this person's not even here. I'm lying in my bed on my own. They're probably out in the world drinking coffee by the ocean. Like they're not doing anything wrong. Like what is going on? Okay. And then I like turned the mirror back on myself. I was like, babe, you're triggered right now. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I feel angry. I feel hurt. I feel rejected. And in that owning, in that seeing, like, actually what's going on for me and owning that, it's like I can do something about this. As long as it's about the other person, like, just projecting onto this other person, like, there's nothing I can do about that. They're, they're, they're living their life. And actually the only um, way that I can attend to myself right now is, like, by going inwards and being like, what is going on for me? And for me, that felt like a radical responsibility because it's like taking responsibility of how I feel and not trying to change another person, Mm -hmm. not trying to change the world because in changing myself, I will change the world. I know that sounds lame, but it's true, I feel. And, and then, yeah, so I actually had a, a strong sense of that this morning of like, oh, I need to just take responsibility of how I'm feeling. Because when I do that, then I'm like, you know what? I feel angry. I need some time. I don't think I'm going to see that person for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think it, it's it's hard to take responsibility often because, the implications of it is like, oh, I have to do something about this. I can't play victim. I I have to tend to this now. You know, like when we when we put things on the world and like we don't take responsibility, it's almost like we're saying, yeah, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> mm. I think radical responsibility gets a little bit complicated for me. In 
I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of taking responsibility for how you feel within any given moment, no matter what happens to you and even allowing negative things to come up. But then there's another type of radical responsibility or what my perception of it, that's like everything that happens to you, you're responsible for. Yeah. Like that hyper, like your world is a reflection of you. So Mm -hmm. even if someone else is being a dick, that ends up being your responsibility in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I know. I don't, because I don't think that that person being a dick is your responsibility. I just think it's how are you interacting with that? If someone was to say to me, like, oh, you're an alien, it just wouldn't affect me. I know I'm not a fucking alien. (laughs) And if someone was to be a dick to me, you, like, it actually trigger something inside of me. It would only trigger me if part of me felt that it was true, in which case I'd have to tend to that thing. Like some person, one person would perceive this person as a dickhead, but another person totally wouldn't because mm-hmm. they're not triggered by this person. Um, but I think that's a good point, though, because um, sometimes if someone's a dickhead and you have to draw a boundary or stand up to them, then that's a good thing. Yeah. So where does radical responsibility lie there? Well, radical well, radical responsibility lies there. Stand, it might be to stand up to them, I feel. But it's, I just think it, using every opportunity to learn and know yourself better. So, yeah, maybe that person is a dickhead, but what's it bringing up in me? Mm. What, what, what's coming up for me in this moment? And then... And then, yeah, the next step might be to stand up to that person. But the truth is that two different people might experience and do the same person extremely differently. And I felt this recently in a scenario where I was I was with a few people and um, I'm trying to avoid saying the scenario so I'd be very general, but um, someone later was like, oh, my God, that person they're so this I was like oh my god I love this person I don't get that at all I feel like they're so kind and you know and it made me realize like that dickhead might be a dickhead because you're making them a dickhead (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know yes (laughs) (laughs) like the truth is maybe they are an asshole dickhead but you don't have to have any kind of relationship with them at all yeah you can totally yeah. remove yourself from that scenario. Mm-hmm. And also, though, people are a lot of I think it's trending that everyone's like life is a reflection of you. And I agree with that. But also at the same time, you can name when someone is crossing your boundaries or being absolutely even if life is a reflection of you. Yes, you can still name it and say, OK, but that person's a dick. So so you don't have to that's not a reflection of you necessarily maybe there's something underneath that's going Mm -hmm. on that is triggering you or uh, calling this person towards you to be a dick Mm. to you for some reason I don't know but you don't have to like say that that dick has is a reflection of you 
always. No, and I, I think that I think more like less that life is a reflection of you and more that life will give you what you want and need or what, what you need. So maybe um, sometimes, sometimes, and I, I don't think this is all the time, sometimes it, things just fucking suck and shouldn't happen to you, I feel, or other people. Um, but with the dickhead thing, it's like... Um, you like mediocre suckiness, which is like it's not life threatening, just someone's being a dickhead. It's like life maybe is giving you what you need in that moment. And maybe what you need isn't the dickhead. Maybe what you need to learn is to how to stand up to your for yourself. Mm-hmm. So like maybe a dickhead's coming in so that you go like look into your ret- internal resources and like how am I gonna meet this moment? Oh this dickhead is showing me that like I let people cross my boundaries, mm-hmm. for example. And this is a really good opportunity right now to draw a fat ass line with this dickhead. <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's more of a, I think the responsibility thing is just an acknowledgement that for me, not necessarily that everything that we deserve everything that we get or that everything's a mirror. Like maybe sometimes I believe that sometimes I don't, but actually just that we're always in control of how we respond to something always. Yes. And with a part of being in control of how you respond is also how well you're working with your nervous system within that moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I I realized this recently because at work, Sometimes there are intense conversations and intense phone calls where people are being um, really rough and straightforward and giving you a lot of feedback. And in those phone calls previously, I would go into fight or flight mode and feel my heart racing. And that's when you know when it's happening. It's like you feel like biological responses, like your heart's racing, like your skin can feel heat or can even like flush a bit. Um, you, you can feel like that glaze over and that would happen in intense meetings. And the other day I had a pretty intense one and I just kept my cool the whole time. I was like, mm. it, I saw, I noticed what was happening. And I also noticed how my coworkers were reacting to it and how their nervous systems were perceiving the situation, mm. which they were very much going into fight or flight mode. But mm. the way I was, I was very, very present. I was there and that's it too, to remain mm. present, even within mm. these intense situations. So mm. I was there, I was like, oh, this is all good. Like we can totally mm. go through this, mm. not a big deal. Mm. And then I just, I was like, oh, after the call, I felt fine. But I, I noticed that my coworkers probably didn't. And then I spoke to them and I, and then they were like, what just happened? I was like, <laughs> mm, yeah. And that I think is the art of noticing. It's like, you can see this, like, you can witness these sensations happening in your body. You can witness your heart racing. You can witness yourself going red, witness all these things. But and but then as the witness, you're going, what you're saying when what you're what you're creating is a witness. And in that moment, you're going, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. I'm not my body sensations. It's happening. It's a part of me. It's a part of my system. Yes, but I'm watching it. 
So I must be something kind of bigger than that. And that's like consciousness. So I think the art of noticing maybe is like expanding that that consciousness. And it doesn't stop those things happening necessarily. It doesn't stop those bodily reactions. I just think it creates this gap, this space. Where you, and in that space, then you can react, you can respond in that space. Mm-hmm. Oh, my heart's beating faster. And I'm going to breathe. Like there's a space to respond because when you're just like, when you just fall into the body sensations, it's like, oh, I'm gone. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I am my heart beating faster. I'm gone. Yeah. There's no room to respond. Um, yeah. But something came up. I don't know when, when it came up when you were saying this, but this idea that, that about around love, um, that love can look like so many different things. And sometimes love is a fucking sword. Like some love isn't always cozying up with somebody um, like, or um, being really kind and gentle and considerate. Sometimes love is like a sword. You need to like, you need to go, (laughs) you know, you need to, um, you need to back off or even to ourselves, I think having sometimes having internal boundaries that are really strong, like thoughts that are coming and like destroying your day because like you're just believing in all these thoughts being like cutting them, cutting them with the big fucking axe. You're like, there's no room for you here today. Like having these really strong internal boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really important because, yeah, I think when we talk about self-love, it can often just feel like this big mushy puddle and it's like it's not or, or loving other people and, it, and it's not just that. Love isn't just that. That's true. And what do you mean by internal boundaries? So internal boundaries, like um, sometimes I have them, sometimes I really don't. But actually, like, if you think about the way the some of the thoughts that occur in your own mind, right, um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that to a friend and, and you would divorce a friend or a partner if they were to say that to you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and so then creating these internal boundaries inside that like, I wouldn't let my friend say this to me. I'm not going to let you say this to me. Or if you do say this to me, I'm not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you might look in the mirror and a thought comes in, oh, I look fat, I look this, I look that, I shouldn't go out. Whatever comes up for you, this internal boundary that's like, I see you thought and no, like you cannot come in. Mm-hmm. You're being rude. If you're an external person, you wouldn't allow that in your life. Yeah, I would face mush you if you were. I would face mush you. <laughs> but yeah, like um, we just wouldn't accept that from somebody else. Yeah. Can we talk about self-hate? Let's go there. Like, because I know people for sure who fucking hate themselves. Mm. Who are like, I hate myself every day. And I think, like, I want to acknowledge that and be like, you know, I can understand why someone would feel that way. Mm. Honestly, life is fucking hard. Yeah. Life is yeah. hard and it's hard to get through it, especially nowadays. And depending on where you live in the world, it gets harder or mm. like shit goes down 
And when someone feels like every time they leave their house, they're, they have like some type of danger or threat or attack to themselves mm. in, in a way. And I'm not talking like physical attack. I'm talking like at nervous system level. If yeah. you feel like everywhere you go and everything you do is wrong, then that could lead, lead to self-hate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So then how do you go from self-hate to self-love in a real, real way? In a real way. Yeah. I mean, people always chuck around acceptance, which also sounds a bit cloudy, a bit like just accept, but I actually think it is going even, I feel a lot of Mm self-hate and actually just admitting to that and kind of accepting that's where we are right now. That's where I am right now. Because even acknowledging that is a massive step up. Like becoming aware of that. And then I think it's like a reparenting process. Mm. Like somewhere inside acknowledging that there's a part that's an adult. And having that part interact with all the parts, maybe including the the hatred part, creating internal dialogues. I I don't think it's not an overnight thing. I think, I think even when you like it, as you look, like if you feel like you're someone who's self-loving, you might have days like where that's not there at all. I do. Hmm. Um. But I think it's like this like really slow, gentle steps that work over time. But I, I that for me, the biggest thing is becoming an adult to something inside of me. I think so too. And I think, I think that one of the biggest first steps is, as you said, acknowledgement and also a deep understanding that the self-hate is not a problem. Mm. Because when mm. you then make the self-hate a problem that you that needs to be fixed, that's when the self-hate feels feels like an issue and will linger there because you're yeah. making it turning it into this monster. Yeah. And yeah. you're demonizing a part that's within you or demonizing a self-hate space that lives somewhere that demon's gonna remain and something that I've really felt from parts work is like often the demons and the monsters like when I really go there it's like they're scared little children Mm. you know like something like there's that classic thing of like the monsters in the closet like when you open the door it's just like a little like fairy ball (laughs) And I think things are way scarier when we don't look at them and and some deep, like, scary parts of myself that when I've explored is, like, when I go there and really go there. And for me, it's been working with psychologists, by the way, so I think, like, that's a huge thing, like, reaching out to somebody, especially if if you're interested in parts work, reaching out to someone who does parts work. Um, And then 
interacting with that self-hate part or whatever whatever it is for me for me it's more shame like I think it shows up as shame for me that's my big thing so when I interact with that it's like it seems like this big scary monster and then it's just this little cutie pie who's like (laughs) I'm scared I'm scared I'm scared to you know be seen by the world I'm scared to be seen by you just leave me alone fuck off I just want to be on my own you know and if I talk with her long enough it's like that's what she wants it's like like I just I it's probably like I just I want to protect you I want to protect you I want to protect us by keeping us small and unseen by the world keeping you safe I think that that's a huge thing it's like the self-hate there's a there's a there's a message in it. There's a really strong message in it, and and there's a there's a there's a there's a method in the madness. You know, there's like yeah. something in it. When you just said that, I felt such like a deep sense of compassion for that part. Just mm. even hearing that, I was like, oh my gosh, all like love and mm. compassion. And I think that that's where people can get with themselves. Like if anyone was listening to that and heard that and is like oh my gosh like I I totally would be compassionate for this other person's part yes so then you you could have that inside of you and you can feel that same way about something that's showing up for you yeah yeah of course and with self self self-hate underneath the self-hate is a wound Mm. there that the self-hate is trying to protect. Yeah. And the I'm saying wound, but even wound is kind of a negative word. And if we say wound, we have the, the idea to heal it or fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about, it is about healing it, but it's not about fixing it. Mm-hmm. It's about healing it by showing it attention, mm-hmm. by showing it care. That's how you heal yes. it. Yes yeah I do feel like attention and love are one in the same mm-hmm. when we shine out a light of attention onto something we're actually giving it love in that same moment but also just like I, yeah I just like that no one's you're not alone like if you're self-hating it's it's just like I think it's way more common than not it's very easy to self-hate. There's so much out there that's like, oh, you should be, you need to acquire more. You should be like this. You should get that surgery. Like there's so much and it is a difficult process. And I think that we're all craving unconditional love, but we we weren't shown that as children. Like we might've been grown up in quite a loving home, but love and unconditional love are two different things. I think very, 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 very rarely people are shown unconditional love, meaning that you are loved no matter what. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, you're loved. Mm-hmm. You're loved when you're crying. You're loved when you're having a dummy spit. Like I think a lot of children feel quite rejected a lot of the time. Or, oh, I need to be this way. Otherwise, I won't get love. I'll get loved when I'm getting good grades or get loved when I'm doing this act of service or whatever, but like it, I won't get loved if dot, 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 dot. And I think it's in that conditional loving mm-hmm. that we we're shown from a young age and that we give, we, we then internalize, then that's, we can be so conditionally loving with ourselves and each other and the world. Yes. And I think that's because when we, when we were younger, our parents didn't 
think about conscious parenting, that wasn't even a thing. Mm. Or, or most of them didn't. That generation mm. wasn't super aware of everything that they were doing. I think that that generation's mindset was more of like, so this is your life. You settle down, you have kids, mm. the kids do what you do. You have to tell them that they're good or they're bad and reinforce the goodness and mm. say that the badness is not good. Mm. Mm. And, that, and not show them love when they misbehave. Yeah. And show them love when they behave for positive reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of an old model because then that does, that only shows conditional love. When you're good, yeah. you receive love. And when you're bad, you don't receive love. Yeah. Yeah. And we internalize what we experience from a young age. So then we have that, whoever it was, it might have been your mother, it might have been your father, it might have been a teacher. We internalize these like characters and. From my understanding, the reason that we do that is because we because it's a kind of a form of control and security. It's like, you're not going to get angry at me. I'm going to. Like, if I do it first, I don't have to worry about you doing it. Or, like, I'll feel my wrath before yours. That's an interesting one. There's one last thing I was thinking. Okay, cool. Changing yourself to change the world. What does that mean? Changing yourself to change the world. What does that mean to you, Juju? (laughs) I think, so there's this whole field of science about transgenerational trauma. And it makes a lot of sense because if a great grandparent of yours had experienced war and then their brain chemistry has changed because of that, then their DNA has changed and that can be passed down to you. Um, So there's a book called, It Doesn't Start With You and it's all about epigenetic trauma. And that is something that lives within a lot of us that we don't necessarily realize you know like why does someone have anxiety for a lot of reasons i mean there's a lot of stimulus there's social media a lot of comparison all of these things but also because of the generations that have come before and how you are built up you have been created to have this anxiety for example and when you focus on yourself and enhance your true understanding of radical self-love and self-acceptance, you have the ability to rewire your brain and change your DNA within your lifetime for the generations to come. Mm. And for everyone that you interact with, because every experience that you have has like an has an impact on that that person that you are mm. with. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's amazing to to know that we can like stop ancestral trauma or whatever here. Like we have so much um, power in this lifetime to you know pa- literally quite literally pass on different genes. <laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think in terms of, yeah, the question, like changing yourself to change the world. I think that there's a couple of components, but like quite literally, I think when you change yourself, the world just also looks different. And somehow, and this is like really spiritual and I don't know how to explain it necessarily, but I know that there are spirit, there are scientific ways of explaining this, that actually the world like kind of reformulates itself around you to meet you where you are at. And when you change your internal world, the external world changes. And you and I both know this, Jude, because we talk about manifesting and, you know, how things just like, wow, manifest so quickly and cleanly, like as we're changing ourselves, like these really beautiful, amazing things. Yeah. I, um, I think there's so much in that. Because yeah. It, it really is when you rewire your brain past limiting beliefs that you've had, then mm-hmm. you access kind of a new lens on life where you, you, physically see new opportunities yes that you couldn't see before that were blind yeah. spots because you didn't think that those were available to you yeah it's like you're wearing a new pair of glasses yeah yeah when you change yourself you change the world it's like we don't know the impact that we have of changing something even quite small within ourselves you know i, I feel that if i start my day off right in a good place and I go shopping or like go to get a coffee like I I am such a better nicer person (laughs) and I spread I literally can feel myself spreading like positivity into the world like I want to talk to the barista and I want to give people compliments you know when you're just in that zone like you feel good inside and and I just think we don't know the impact we're having how we can change the world by just going for a 10 minute walk and smiling at 10 people or having little interactions with people spreading spreading positivity maybe giving a compliment and I think that that's how we can also change the world when we change ourselves we can influence people more we can in a in a positive way we quite literally spread a love spreader love spreader (laughs) I'm thinking of like actually like a hose <laughs> yeah literally it's like we're like the best kind of like I, w- I don't want to say STD it's not sexually trans. it's like a life transmitted dis- dis- love disease LTLD <laughs> life transmitted love get some disease. of that LTLD in you <laughs> take my LTLD like I caught that L wait LTLD. Yeah, I caught the LTLD. And your friend's like, oh my God, babe, I'm coming over. What do you need? And you're like, nothing, boo. I'm so good. <laughs> it's like, I want to catch that too. I want to pass it on to you. <laughs> Don't wear protection. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I think we can leave it there on the LTLD. LTLD. Go spread that disease. Spread it. Humans, catch it, spread it, <laughs> impregnate people with it. <laughs> get dirty in it, roll around get, with it. Get messy. Get messy. Get covered. Get, mm, mm. get all juiced up with that LTLD. 
So this is where we need to end because this is where Ginger and I will go for an hour, another hour on another- LTV. <laughs> You'll be listening to us talk about rolling <laughs> around in it, eating it. It'll be like L-T-A-B-L-D-C-Y-X-N-Z by the end. <laughs> Putting it in every orifice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, completely set. Okay, that's done. So thank Thanks, you so Juju much Bear. for being on the show. Love you. Love you, love you. Love you. Bye, Juju. Bye. And I love you, my dear listener. If you have enjoyed this podcast or know of someone who would enjoy this podcast, please send it along. Share on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you'd like. Uh, Please leave a review and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. And follow us at GoDeep underscore podcast on Instagram. And if you have any feedback, DM me. Thank you.